0: Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV, because it's great, we're lucky, they make so many fine programs to see, you're also when Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen, comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between, welcome to the Televerse, let's the show! Hello everybody and welcome to the Televerse, this is Kate Kalsik, joined us ever by Noel Kirkpatrick, and uh, Noel, how's, uh, how's this week going?
1: It's fine. Um, right? <laughs> it's weird. It's it I mean, I can't really think about anything that happened this week, which is also weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, now that you've asked me that, I'm I can very clearly say I I don't know what happened this week, and it's not for any particular reason. It's just I feel like nothing happened this week.
0: Well, things definitely happened this week. But, like, yeah, there isn't, like, a big thing that's glaring in my mind as a ball of anxiety and stress. Yeah. Um, there's just, like, the re- what we've become accustomed to, like, a regular low-level hum. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that remarkable? And I'm very excited because I have a certain someone who was a very good podcast host this year, very good girl this year, is receiving uh, a package of, of baked goods um in the mail soon and is eagerly anticipating some maple marshmallows guys. It's gonna be real good. Very excited. Thank you, Noel.
1: Yeah, you're <laughs> welcome. Those should get there tomorrow. They will also have a um a card, of course
0: because um, Noel is a wonderful person, listeners. I like I, I I like send cookies out and I'm just like, here, I like I, there are some pictures of 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 them. I am not writing things. <laughs> That's effort.
1: <laughs> and there is also one other very special thing in there but i'm not going to tell you what it
0: is i mean i am intrigued yeah. i will uh, listeners i can report back next week um but yeah th- th- there's been a bunch of baking over in the closet bunker uh happening we are uh, i think 10 recipes in to the holiday baking okay um so that means that i you know, I'm going to have to temper the chocolate pretty soon. But again, as I've mentioned on streaming plate... Oh, I haven't... I, don't, I think that did make the cut. Um, I was gifted a... Like, one of those, like, clip-on, like, sous vide things... For uh-huh. an early Christmas present from my brother and sister-in-law. And so, guys, guys, I'm going to temper chocolate using sous vide. So that means I won't, have, like, watch Sola, like Stump Sol- Sola. She talks about how to do it there. And it's really, really easy. You just, like, push a button and then you leave it in there. And then you, like, every minute you, like, smush it and then you put it back down. And then you just, like, smush it and you put it back down. And then you hit another button and it, it does a temp- It's so excited! I'm very excited, listeners like it's the bait every freaking year it's the bane of my baking existence as we get you know and I and I take that on because I'm the reason like no we have to temper the chocolate we can't just do regular no we have to you know so it's my fault that we do it so that so I always take it on and I'm just I'm very I'm very excited so that's gonna be probably a project for this weekend mm-hmm. um we'll see but yeah that that's been the main part of my brain this week and it, yeah, the fact sure. that it isn't like. You know, will the strength of the Constitution fail under the strain of, you know, a would-be uh, autocrat and dictator? Like, that's a wonderful feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And I mean, you're doing like 10, 12 different types of cookies. You're only getting four types of cookies in the mail.
0: That's good, plus though. Plus
1: Marshmallows. Which take nothing to make.
0: Well, you say that, but I've never made marshmallows. So making marshmallows sounds hard to me. And oh, don't you should disab- make marshmallows. Don't it's disabuse really me of that. No, I do not need more things to make. And you know me. If I find out that they're easy, I'll be like, well, then clearly we have to add a marshmallow element to the tray, to the they platter. They are
1: really, really easy. You just like have to have I don't know how to make them, but they seem very easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someday I'll figure it out. But for now, we should head into... Our our week in TV. We will be talking baking later in the show because, of course... Uh, we have the Bake Off finale to yet to, to talk about, but before we get into our weekend in TV, there was some news this week in the TV world. Uh, some of it wonderful and and exciting. Some of it heartbreaking. So let's start with the wonderful and exciting, which is that the Oscar nominated uh, star of Juno and the Umbrella Academy has come out as trans. Elliot Page uh, prefers he him pronouns. Um, he them pronouns. He them pronouns. I apologize. Uh, he he them pronouns. And uh, yeah, he's it it just was really wonderful i'm i do not doubt that many parts of the internet were fucking horrible to elliot and to just everyone that day but i saw a real outpouring of support and love on my feed for him and i thought that was really great uh so i i think it's awesome that that he can be his authentic self and wants to share that with everybody and is able to um uh the there's some I love how the immediate question is, well, what about the Umbrella Academy? Because his character on the Umbrella Academy, we assume, is cis. So it's like, hmm. All the people bringing this up don't seem to have a problem with cis people playing trans roles. But as soon as you're like a trans person maybe playing a cis role, oh, we couldn't possibly... Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on this?
1: I mean... There were a lot of turfy folks um, yeah. making comments about this, um, as there always are. And, and I, in I,
0: case we aren't clear enough, I will. Yeah, they can fuck off.
1: Yeah, no, they can very much fuck off. Um, yeah. Trans men are men. Trans women are women. And um, I, I say that in like a really kind of bored, blasé attitude, but I'm also just tired of having to say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it apparently needs to keep being said. So no, I think it's great. I'm really excited and pleased for them. And um, Netflix has already changed the metadata for everything that they have involving Elliot Page to reflect the changes. So if you search for Elliot Page, you get Elliot Page. Um, great. Right. And if you searched for Elliot Page's dead name, you get Elliot Page.
0: Mm-hmm. As it um. Should
1: be. Yeah, so it's really great, um, and I'm glad they're staying on an umbrella academy. And yeah, no turfs can go f- off, including people who were just like, "But the lesbian community really lost a major figure." And it's just like, "Oh no, like that's n- this isn't about you."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not uh, how this works. Yeah,
1: you don't I feel know their like journey. this
0: Isn't about you. <sighs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So. Way to go, way to go, Elliot, and yeah. way to go the Umbrella Academy and Netflix for supporting them. Um, yeah, our next bit of news is one that I saw pop up today, which I did not know about, and I was am excited for, which is that the Oprah Winfrey Network has got the has purchased the rights to Underground from WGN America, and will be airing it um, in what seems like a pretty big way in January, starting on January fifth, 9, uh, nine eight Central. And they're going to have, like, they're, like, recording new interviews with the cast and the crew, and they're going to have, like, different interstitials, behind the scenes, and deleted scenes, and all that good, fun stuff. So, like, finally, all these years later, the big, like, hey, everybody, tap, 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 (laughs) like, tap the microphone. Like, this show is really good. It seems like it might happen. More people will finally watch this really good show. Hopefully. I mean, it's been on Hulu forever. Mm-hmm. Um. So you,
1: it has not not been available. Is the thing like you? It's been on Hulu since it was since it was canceled.
0: But there's so much stuff on Hulu. You have to know that it. You have to already know that it's a thing and that you should seek yeah. it out. Which is yeah. the limiting factor. I feel.
1: Yeah, but also at the same time, like if it were on Netflix, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Is like the weird kind of cultural collision that's happening. Um. But no, I'm very excited. I'm interested in these new interviews. Like so much so that I'm like. But I'm probably going to set a recording to watch it again. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though, again, I can just watch it on Hulu. (laughs) Which I did, like, earlier this year when I watched um, the Minty episode earlier this summer.
0: (gasps) Robbed! She was robbed of the Guest Emmy. Uh, Anyways. Uh, it's, it's very good. It's very good listeners. Yeah. My sister watched, uh, watched it on Hulu as well. Um, Mm -hmm. this earlier this year. And so I know I'm sure people have been finding it that way, but anytime people like the fact that the, that Owen seems to be like taking out ads and really publicizing this and putting money into raising the profile of it. I just, I feel it's exciting. I'm, I'm very glad that more people will hopefully, you know, Mm -hmm look at and follow um the those two seasons uh yeah uh okay now we are at unfortunately some sad news some of it not Unexpected and some of it blindsiding. So the not unexpected for me is that Superstore will be ending after its current season, which is season six, with America Ferrera leaving. And and I mean it's getting longer in the tooth. Like I'm not super surprised. Yeah. About this one, uh, the one that I was surprised on is that Ducktales was canceled. What the? F- I was not. Like I was not emotionally prepared for the fact that I had already watched the last episode of the show. Like, oh, no, you
1: have not watched the last episode of the show. Okay, there, there's more coming. There, there's more coming in 2021. Like, okay. there's another. There's a big like finale arc coming. Okay, and that's going to be the last run of the show. Um, so but still, yeah. Um, this does kind of explain the Dark Darkwing duckery boot though. However, yeah. Um. But yeah, so Superstore, yes, no, the writing was a little bit on the wall um, with America Ferrer's departure, um, also with Justin Spritzer's departure uh, after the end of the fifth season. Um, But this is also a show that's very expensive. Um, Like, it's a standing set they have to maintain, like a big standing set that they have to maintain. And also, I cannot imagine how much more expensive it got after uh, having to take COVID precautions into consideration. Um and while they can work around those or in not work around them, they can integrate those precautions into the show itself. It still probably made the show too expensive yeah. to keep going.
0: Well, and it's a big cast and yeah, like
1: it's a very big cast.
0: Yeah. Like it, it makes it, it it's not surprising.
1: Yeah. Um, Whereas with DuckTales, I'm also not like super duper surprised. I'm sad, but I'm not super surprised because DuckTales is also probably very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, Considering just the cast involved, like their overhead has to be huge for that cast. um, Just given everyone and they get really good guest actors as well to come on. Uh, But they also do a full 22 minute episode as opposed to split in half 11 minute episodes, which are cheaper to produce. Um, so that's also something that I imagine factored in, but yeah, this was got, this got reported by Collider earlier this week after one of their writers were just like, yeah, no, it, it's canceled. Everyone's doing other things now, Mm -hmm. um, including like a lot of the animators, um, the American animators, uh, who did storyboarding and directing. Um, but yeah. And then I guess pushed by that, um, Disney XD announced that the show had been canceled um, late yesterday, um, yeah. late Wednesday, I should say, because we're recording on Thursday. So
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's such a good show. Yes. I, and, you know, with how long animated series can run, I just I was not at all expecting that they would end the show after three seasons. And I saw something people pointing to low ratings and like, well, maybe if you aired the show in a reasonable way or did any like sort of heads up that it was coming back or like, yeah, I mean, come on. They're also like, you just got a shiny new streaming service, put it on your streaming service as a way to get, you know, kids watching Disney plus. Yeah.
1: And I think that some of that is like, it did air really consistently in terms of like, Episodes aired as a group, as opposed to the Gravity Falls situation where you got one new episode every two months. Yeah, um, which sucked. Um, so it aired really consistently, but like as you noted, when we get and went into this current chunk of season three, it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. There was no, "Hey, we're coming back, everyone." kind of deal after, like, a little bit of a hiatus. Um, And, yeah, so there just wasn't any promotion for it. But the show has hit the number where they can Disney XD can air one episode a day for weekdays across, like, 13 weeks and without repeating it, which is one of the big things that they look for in their scheduling. So they hit that magic number already. Um, So everything else is just gravy for Disney XD. But, yes, no, I agree. It should just be, like... I imagine they'd have to severely retool the show's budget to put it on Disney Plus, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, grumble, grumble. I'm going to try to not hold this against the Darkwing Duck reboot, but probably I will. (laughs) I'm (laughs) petty enough. Uh, We'll see how that goes. But that wraps up our news for this week. Um, we will now take a break, listen to a little music, and come back with our weekend TV. At the end of the show, we are talking about season two of Great Pretender, which dropped last week on Netflix. We really like the first season or the first half of the story, however you want to think about it. Uh, we're talking about the final nine episodes, Wizard of, of Far East. Um, so that'll be fun. That'll be at the end of this segment, at the end of the podcast, I should say. But for now, let's take a break, listen to some music, and come back with our weekend TV. said it out loud it
1: wasn't as strong as it was in my head i tried not to think about it so it came back louder i think it's been about a year since i became a snob
0: decided not to play along so it grew bigger Week in TV, we're going to kick things off with a few quick thoughts on the flight attendant, uh, the first three episodes, in case of emergency, rabbits, and funeralia. Then we've got the bake-off season uh, 11 finale, series 11, collection like eight or something, uh, finale, which is the final. Then, of course, it's us, so we watched Sugar Rush Christmas season two. Duh, I watched it like the day it came out. Uh, so we'll have some thoughts on that. And then The Amazing Race had getting down and uh, getting down to the nitty gritty. Ducktales had how Santa stole Christmas. And then last is The Mandalorian chapter thirteen, The Jedi. So first up is the flight attendant, and this one uh, you had watched. And then in Front of the Show, Alison Shoemaker also had seen the first. I think four were made available to yeah, screeners. First four, yeah. And, uh, I had no interest in this. It was on HBO max, but I heard like a few rumblings about it, um, that it was like a, another project from Kayla Cuoco, who listeners, if you are, don't remember, we really like, uh, Harley Quinn, uh, the animated series, which she has a big part in because where she voices that and that's her production company is behind that as well. Um, so that was made it a little more of interest. Um, but then I just I you know I think it was you enjoyed it and then Allison was like guys okay you're gonna you you should watch this you're you're gonna like this and guess what I do this is extremely my shit um, and I don't think it's like amazing tv but it's really fun um yes. and so far like the, the first season is originally intended it's based on a book it was intended as a mini series of eight episodes now there's like you know Quoco's trying to get some buzz going about a season two we'll see what happens this is on hbo max by the way it was made for it was developed for them um so we'll see what happens with that but these first three episodes like just Moment after moment, I'm, I'm like, what they're like, what is the choice a different show would make? Let's not do that and do something different instead. Do something fun instead. So I think we're going to keep things intentionally vague because a big part of the fun of this is the discovery of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is super duper fun. They dropped all those first three on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Excellent call. Perfect for when you're like binging, Uh, like you're like, I'm exhausted. Let's just put something on while I half pass out. And then you just find yourself wrapped and sucked in for the whole three hours. Um, I'm raving over here. I really liked it. What did you think of this?
1: Yeah. So sort of like you this snuck up on me a little bit. My friend Danielle uh, turned it on on during her Thanksgiving and watched the first two and was just like, this is really good. You should watch it. Um, And I just went, yeah, okay, I'll get around to it. Um, and then I just kind of, like, left it alone for a bit, and then we ran out of Sugar Rush episodes to watch.
0: <laughs> right? That's what happens! Like, that's, that's when I watched it, too, after you guys did yeah. it, but after I was out of Sugar Rush. Yeah.
1: yeah, and my partner, she, her Twitter feed was, like, being like, this is actually really good, everyone. Mm-hmm. And so she was just like, and I had suggested watching, and she just went, yes, let's do it, because my feed said it was good. So my partner and I blazed through the first three episodes. I think we spaced episodes two and three out. But we did the first two basically in a sitting. And, yeah, this is really, really fun. Like you said, it's not, like... The best thing of all time, but it's probably one of the more most enjoyable shows I've watched this year, just based on these first three episodes. Um, and part of that is just the fact that it is very much Kaylee Cuoco reintroducing herself as mm-hmm. an actor after being on The Big Bang Theory for 11 years um, and going like, I can do other things. Let me show you the other things I can do and that I want to do. And this is a really good vehicle for her. She's really, really good in this. There's a number of other elements that I really like in it. Um, how it handles interiority, I think, is great. How it handles... It does really solid needle drops. Um, but there's a lot of other really great things in it. But like you say, part of the fun is kind of being surprised and stuck up on with this um, with this with the flight attendant so I also don't want to say too much except to say that it is quite good and very entertaining and it is indeed sort of like the perfect end of the year type of deal to kind of something new really new and fun to watch when there's not a whole lot of else that is new and fun to watch on um, so yeah so I, re- I recommend this based on the first three episodes Friend of the show, Alison Shoemaker, recommended it based on the first four episodes. Um, And the thing that we should note is that it's doing two episodes this week Mm -hmm. and then another two episodes next week. And the finale airs by itself the week after. Um, So it's got a little bit of a weird schedule. The episodes are about an hour long each, but you also don't notice that they're an hour, which is the other really great thing. By an hour, I mean, they're about 45 to 50 minutes, but you still don't notice. It goes notice. so fast. Yeah. It moves out a really, really good clip. Yeah. Um, So I think that this gets like a two thumbs up seal of approval based yeah. on these first three episodes from the televerse. And so, folks, if you have access to HBO Max, this is definitely something to check out.
0: They are making a strong case for themselves as, like, the one to have of the streamers right now, like... That, that When we get to that question for the end of the year podcast, like, what's the best channel? HBO Max is, like, they're making a play. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, we say that, but don't tell that to movie theaters or any of their production partners who they did yeah. not alert about the fact that they were just going to drop their entire 2021 film slate on HBO Max, but also in theaters, but... Also on also, HBO Max and did who not knows when vaccines are everyone. happening.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Um, the last thing I'll say about the flight attendant because I do think so much of like there's there's a bunch of really delightful casting and like yeah. people show up and you're like, oh, they, they're in this. Oh, that's great. Um, even just like in really short in small roles, but then also in in larger ones. Um, so I you know I don't want to. And again, the sense of discovery is a big part of the fun, so we won't get into any of that. But I will say that this. Again, is another example of Cuoco being a really canny producer and mm-hmm. businesswoman because yep. it is very clear. You can. She was interviewed on, I want to say Seth Meyer, but it might have been Colbert, um, in the past couple weeks, um, and they talked a little bit about this. This was very much developed. Like that was this was her and her team's choice, and they developed it with her voice in mind. And it's very. It's an excellent choice for her. Yep. Energy and her sense of humor and her star presence, like her persona that she's putting out there. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it again, you can again, you can see the I don't know, uh, like uh, Pan Am version of this. Like you can see it in parallel with this show. And this show is just so much more interesting than what the approach a lot of other things would take right when you are watching it saying like, I don't know about this. Then somebody on screen goes, I don't know about this. <laughs> it's just delightful. So um, yeah, more on this in the future uh, yeah. listeners. Uh, if, yeah,
1: yeah. If you, if you like, if you were one of the few people who watched search party, um, I think that this is something that would be very much up your alley. Um, Even though I didn't like search party. I only watched the first season of it. Um, but it has a very kind of similar vibe to Search Party, except aggressively zanier, mm. as opposed to slowly building existential dread type of weirdness. This is very different from that. Um, so I really, if you like Search Party, this is very much in that in that vein, but just
0: funnier. international intrigue. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's very good. It's very yeah.
0: good. Um, next up is the Great British Bake Show, baking show or Bake Off uh, finale, the final. <sighs> So yeah. season 11. So this is what, okay. So here's what my main takeaway from this final is. Sure. Uh, Cause I raised my letter grade for it like twice from what, like what okay. I started out doing. Uh, and I ended, I think I gave it a B plus yeah. and it is purely on the, like getting to the end of the episode and seeing their montage and how they cho- chose to structure it and being like, you know what? Y'all delivered what you were going for. And I have problems with this season. Some of them are the producer's fault. Some of them are nobody's fault. But uh, you know what? You're looking for a warm hug of a show, and you you delivered a warm hug of a show. Was it the most suspenseful? Was it the the uh, like the most intriguing? No. But I think a lot of the choices in this finale were steered were steered. Directly towards the the outcome we got, not with who won necessarily, but with the fact that it was overall a successful final, you know, showstopper. Like the challenges were not things that people were going cra- like to crash and burn on.
1: Well, probably. they're not challenges that you were supposed to crash and burn yes. on. Yes.
0: However. Um, you know, but... Like, like, it was designed specifically for people to do well and yes. to to send off the season in, in, you know, in a really lovely way. Um, and they, they achieved that. I am i can't argue with the winner. I can't argue, you know, they did a good job. Um, there was, you know, I think it was closer than... I felt more... This is the first time I felt, like, in a while that the person who... Want, I'm giving people time to, to skip ahead if they don't want to be spoiled a week ago, but... Um, the the person who won felt more like, well, they have to win because if this other person wins, it the audience doesn't care about them or like them. <laughs> like that, I felt more like that than I have in a while um, sure. with Bake Off. But uh, but they also earned it, so you know. yeah. What did you think? Well, I
1: mean, I want to start with Laura because she just she just broke me immediately. Yeah, I was just like, oh, you're not even getting through the signature, okay. Well, this is done for you. I, 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 I've, re- I've really enjoyed you being on the show, Laura. Yeah. But you are not a factor now. Yeah. Because um, that custard is not set. No. At all. Um, like if
0: if if the other people had, if Peter and Dave had made big mistakes, then yeah. it then they could have come back around. But you know, usually in Bake Off, someone may make a big mistake, but If you are relying on other people to mess up for you to have a shot, you're not going to
1: you're not going to get anywhere. So uh, that kind of like lowered my degree of enjoyment because Laura was my rooting interest, um, even though I knew she had absolutely no chance of winning.
0: Well, but Um, her showstopper was definitely the best.
1: Yes, no. Her showstopper was great, um, but like she was not going to recover from no. the rest of the episode. No. <laughs> um, but no, I agree that the sh- the episode is very much designed to not be a failure. Like custard slices or pe- bread and butter, the uh, walnut swirls. Is that yeah, what walnut doing?
0: whirls.
1: Whirls. Those are look not delicious. Are not tricky. They no. actually lo- they look very much to me like. Dairy Queen dipped cones just without a cone. Mm-hmm. Um and I love a good dipped cone.
0: And actually um, that sounds like that would be a delicious twist on yeah. this. Just right. to have exactly. some like chocolate ice cream inside and a walnut based like cone instead like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Very
1: good. Um and the showstopper I think generally was like kind of a gimme in terms of <sighs> just kind of do whatever you want guys. Just just do it.
0: Do stuff that you're good at. Redo the same ones you did great on this season. That's fine. We, It's been a long, you know, like what I said in my reviews that, uh, my recap is that uh, it felt very much like they're, you know, we figure by the end of six weeks in quarantine in a bubble, like we're all going to be kind of crawling up the walls and looking to get out of there and not having that yeah. great of an attention span and just do something you're good at. That's fine.
1: So, and I appreciate that. Like, from, again, from a production level, from a producer level, I think that was a really smart idea. Um, I'm fine with who won. It doesn't, I don't really have a strong opinion about it. I have strong opinions about the season overall, because I think this season was bad mm-hmm. um, for any number of levels. Um, like, as much as I like Matt Lucas, he needs to go away. Um, <laughs> See, his I was energy- okay with Matt Lucas. Huh? I was okay with Lucas. I th- I think his energy is ultimately too similar to fi- Noel Fielding's. Mm-hmm. And I think the point counterpoint is really necessary. Um, But I, I like him in this, even though he also just made some very bad jokes that I yes. am shocked made through the edit in the first place.
0: Which, yes. like, but. I am not, Let me be very clear. I am not okay with that aspect yeah, no, of I his co hosting. No, I know. No, well, just for the listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, most of my issues just come down with, I don't think that this season was particularly well produced, and for the love
0: of God, give them Blast Chillers. Give them Blast Um, Chillers. It's not hard.
1: No. And just save any, like, major challenges that are going to need Blast Chillers for towards the end, so that you're not paying a ton for Blast Chillers. That's Mm -hmm. fine. I understand that you don't want that. Then just save them until there's, like, five people left, and then just give them Blast Chillers, because... Climate change is a thing. Please yeah. don't be a climate change denial show. <laughs> yeah.
0: well, because they Bake want to off. film in the summer, spring and summer because of the greenery and the animals yeah, and all. Like, absolutely, I get it. But like, yeah. and I saw people online be like, "Y'all know that you can, you know, you you can air condition tents. That's a thing. I mean, it's not good for the environment, but it can be done. And also, they could give them anti griddles. They could give them like marble slabs. And so, I guess in one of the episodes, someone did cool down some pastry on a marble slab but like there are other we have the technology right you know, i
1: mean <laughs> it's not like we're advocating for these home bakers to be using liquid nitrogen like yeah. i'm not asking anyone to use liquid nitrogen because
0: that's a amateurs that's should for not a use liquid nitrogen
1: yeah um but they should be allowed to use blast chillers um and if they do another international week i swear to god i swear to god <laughs> The challenges need to be about the week, about the culture that they're actually in, and not yeah, Paul went to Japan last year and was super into it, so we just decided to do Japanese week and then went, oh, they don't bake a lot,
0: <laughs> yeah, I also have a big problem with because uh, there you know I, I read an article in maybe. Variety, maybe Vanity Fair, about all the bullying that that Laura has dealt with and all the the harassment. That was in Vanity. That was in a Variety. Variety, thank you. Um, and and I, you know, I saw that Paul Hollywood had tweeted out, you know, in support of her and all this stuff. I need the judges to take some. Frickin' ownership over that situation because mm-hmm. that's part of why she was getting hay so much because you looked into the camera and said it could go either way they are equal and then sent the par- sent the the fan favorite home right and and the reason you sent them home is because it wasn't. Equal. It couldn't go either way. There was a clear one of the two who did better based on everything else the edit told us. But you wanted to build 30 seconds of suspense. And then we're like, oh, I can't believe that the fans are upset that their favorite person went home after we said it was a tie. Yeah. Like, exactly. What do you think is going to happen? You, like this show is not new. They've been on like I didn't realize that Rosie had been see- receiving death threats in her season, uh which was a lot. She's going to be coming back for the uh the uh, I think the Christmas special or maybe the New Year special this year. So I'm excited to see cuz I very much enjoy Rosie. Um so I'm looking forward to her return, but like yeah, this is the kind of stuff that people deal with when they go on the show when they stay and a fan favorite goes home and being anything less than completely forthcoming with the audience and the fan base about why someone is going home after doing really well all season will only contribute to the, the difficulties that the person who stays is going to have to face and they should, they should know better. Yeah, they should.
1: Absolutely. So there are some changes for them to kind of make on behind the scenes level um, going forward. Yeah, so and um, I hope they do. But the montage at the end was very sweet, and it, it made was me very so good.
0: happy. Were you crying? Yeah. I was crying. I don't know how you. I was crying her.
1: a little bit. Um, I was also crying a little bit because it was like, oh yeah, they got to do all these things before they went into another lockdown. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well the uh for me it was like the the way it was structured like thanks for helping us to everybody helping us get through this year that hits hard because you know i think a lot of us are feeling that especially around you know thanksgiving and everything um and then and then the first person is is Lorea who works in a hospital and you're like oh the feels essential worker thank you and then it just goes from there and then it ends with baby New, newborn baby and R.I.P. and you're like I'm dead. All the feels, everything like nothing can be done. Can't do anything about it. Yep, you, you win. <laughs> Congratulations. I know this is what you wanted, but I don't care. It's it, it's a feel good moment. And that's okay too. We need some of that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Lest we not say this, uh, hopefully anybody who cares has already skipped ahead. Congratulations to Peter. Youngest ever yeah. winner. First ever Scottish winner. Did a wonderful job. His stuff looked like it tasted really great.
1: Yeah, he doesn't like cheese, though. So, I mean, like, a little bit of a psychopath.
0: But obviously, like, there's some problems there. But, like, yeah, and and, and, and Dave nailed the brownies. You can see the crackly top. And then yep. also, like, like you know, Dave Dave did very well as well. And again, like, he's got enough on his place. Yeah. <laughs> so... Anyways, the, the notion that, that Peter's roommates didn't even know he had been on the show I until that so it much. premiered was hilarious to me. Yeah, as, I love as, that. As was um, Matt's thing about, like, so you ready for people to just, like, walk up to you with their phones and stuff? And Peter's like, that's weird. That's, and, and Matt's like, oh, no, that that is, that is going to happen. That's what your life will be at uni now. Like, oh, you don't realize how true this is. That's precious. Yeah. <laughs> it was delightful. Very excited uh, to to watch the Christmas specials, New Year specials next week. The holiday specials from last year are adding to, being added to Netflix. Which, oh great! Uh, so that's the you know as we record that'll be out this next weekend. Um, and so that includes some one. The New Year special has I think I think it's the New Year special has um, returning cast, uh, returning bakers. Um, but the Christmas special has the cast of Dairy Girls, and which it is I'm very as delightful about. as you would anticipate. So yeah.
1: I'm very excited about that because that cast is deeply charismatic as actors. So I cannot wait to watch them be on screen trying to bake things and probably not doing a very good job.
0: Listeners, for those who haven't seen it, because it did air on channel four last year. Um, one of the bakers has literally never made a cake before. Before oh, The first be so cake good. they ever make is in the bake off tent. So enjoy. Oh boy. I hope they listen to that cake. <laughs> Our next episode is Sugar Rush Christmas Season 2. I I don't have much to say about this other than I'm curious what you think about losing the money and time differential instead just doing appliances. What did you think of that? I was so happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) I was too, but those appliances were not created equal. Because some people got a food processor and some people got an espresso maker.
1: Yeah. Um, And some people got knives, which, I
0: mean, knives are cool. but Are they good knives? Because if yeah, they're good they knives, good nights? that's awesome. But if yeah. they're not,
1: like... Yeah. So, yeah, I think exchanging it for appliances is kind of meh. But I appreciated losing the time aspect. Like, if you just want to give out a little bit of money if you win, I'm good with that. And they get to keep it no matter what. Cool. The time thing, like I talked about when we got into Sugar Rush Season 3, I think. Yeah. Or Speed Rush or whatever it was. Extra sweet. Yeah. Um, Extra sweet, thank you. Yeah, that's what it was. Extra sweet. Defeated the purpose of the show for me. Um, So since it was the Christmas special, I didn't actually anticipate those rules actually being in effect. So I was glad that they were not. Um, So that made me very, very happy. Um, What I was a little disappointed by with Sugar Rush Christmas Season 2 is the lack of other things Holidays being represented during Sugar Us Christmas season two, Mm -hmm. or like an acknowledgement of the new year or Hanukkah, or like other pick. Not
0: everyone Um, celebrates Christmas,
1: (laughs) right? And I and like I appreciate them doing like a Christmas carol themed one because carols are fun and delightful. Um, and Jordan Sparks were so good on that
0: episode. She, just, I did not realize, apparently I in Jordan Sparks and it yeah. took this to get me on board, uh, because she is wow. absolutely delightful. When, like when the carols, carolers come in and she is just like, her eyes just light up. Um, yeah. l- listeners, if you are, if you grow up, um, in some place where there is a, like, even a Strong minority Christian presence, um, and there, and you are a musician. You get a lot of time on carols. Like you learn a lot of carols. I, I know at least. I could probably list one hundred fifty to two hundred carols off the top of my head that I know by heart. Um, mm-hmm. so I do not doubt that the, that or more is true for Jordan Sparks. So when they um the, the carolers came in, she was like, "Oh, they're carolers." And then she, like, ran over the second time, and they're like, okay, nay on the different lyrics. Let's yeah. all sing the regular one. Um, it, That clearly was not in her contract. That clearly yeah. was, like, you know, it's absolutely delightful. And she was yes. also... The guest judges, I thought, overall, were very good. But I thought she was particularly strong as a judge. Yeah,
1: She was. Um, Abigail Breslin, bless her heart, was not a great judge. Yeah, she was um, all, like, okay. Yeah, but... Uh, Overall, I thought this was really a really good, sort of enjoyable Christmas baking thing. My partner and I have also been watching Food Network's holiday baking championship, um, which has been meh so so. But this was a lot of fun. Um so I was really glad to have this. And um the only real other thing, and I listeners, I texted this to Kate. Zumbo had to be so upset.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. That he was stuck in Los Angeles or wherever they filmed this. I think it's Los Angeles Um, during COVID instead of being able to be in Australia as they're coming out of it um, and then having to be isolated and quarantined to shoot Mm -hmm. a Christmas version of the show that he's the one of the co-judges on. Um, But yeah, no, this was really fun. And it was a nice surprise to have last weekend as well.
0: Yeah. Um any thoughts on our Tacoma Bakers?
1: I actually know the bakery that they um work out of, which is this great little bakery right next to Tacoma's independent theater. Um I have not been there in over 8 months.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a pandemic on. Come on. There's a <laughs>
1: pandemic on. I've not been to either of those places actually since February, um or like early March. Early March because I saw cats at that theater. Mm-hmm. And that was the last thing I saw in theaters. <laughs> but yeah, no, they um, they work at a bakery called Karina Bakery, which is this nice independent um, bakery and coffee house. They also do really great sandwiches. Um, their baked goods were always really, really tasty, and it was really funny because with their um, pink champagne um, perfume thing, yeah. my partner and I both looked at it and went, "Oh, that's a Karina cupcake." um yeah. aesthetically like that's what the cupcakes there tend to look like um so we were really disappointed that they got sent home immediately but also kids don't use rose water just don't, don't use, use rose, rose,
0: rose it's too like, controversial
1: don't use it like same pink with lavender
0: don't do it yeah
1: yeah i mean pink champagne is already gonna be hard enough to get through don't make your job harder by using rose just don't don't yeah. do it yeah. Um, so I was very disappointed that they left um, immediately in the episode. But I was, was still very happy to see them because my partner are like, wait, which bakery are they from? It has to be Karina. It's, it's the only one. There mm-hmm. are other bakeries in Tacoma, everyone. But yeah. Karina is like the, 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 the very popular one located in downtown. So um, if you're ever in Tacoma, Karina Bakery is really good. Don't come to Tacoma right now because you shouldn't be traveling because there's a pandemic on. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that I, I was enjoying your texts as you watched <laughs> that one. You're like, ah, I know was bakers. I know the bakery for that. The, oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, they went home.
0: <laughs> they went home. <laughs> um, any, do you have a favorite bake from the season or a favorite cake or any of that stuff? Or, I mean, mostly, most everything looked like it tasted really good. Most everything
1: looked like it tasted pretty good. Um, I will say that I was surprised by the fact that most of the folks really struggled with the final challenge. Mm -hmm. um in the christmas season only a couple of teams i feel like really knocked it out of the park um and most people ended up having like real problems with getting that last thing together um i think people severely overestimated what you can do in three hours
0: um
1: but the teams that did really well um and i'm thinking like the team that did the polar bear resort igloo mm-hmm. it was really clean but then that other team also did something way more ridiculous than three hours
0: yeah um, both of those were so good like, like these two final cakes are better than most of the other final cakes all season
1: yeah absolutely Um. so but I do think that a little bit more variety in the holidays represented because Nailed It does that every year and they do it well they not doing it this year but Nailed It has in the past their holiday blocks have been really representative of of things, which I really appreciate. Um, so when they do sugar rush Christmas season three, a little
0: more variety or, or sugar rush holidays, you know, yeah. doesn't have to be Christmas. Yeah.
1: And some of these weren't even Christmas. It was the North pole, which winter. is winter or, and just cold. Um, so, but the Aurora, Aurora, Borealis challenge was solid. And folks who did like that mirror glaze with that thing and then smeared it. It was just like, that was very good. That very much the Northern lights.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What about you? Did anything stand out for you bake-wise?
0: I think, I mean, I, in general, the, the level seems pretty high. Um, and usually, I, I mean, it's, it also felt like usually there was a pretty clear person who should be eliminated. Um, yes. And so, like, it Yeah, there weren't that many surprises for me. Um, But I thought, you know, it was just, I just had so much fun watching this one. It's such a, it's so, such a quick bite. It's so digestible. Like, I did not realize that these were like 45, 50 minute episodes when I started Mm -hmm. watching it. I was like, this has to, I I like looked over the clock. I was like, wait, it's pretty late. What? Oh, it's because these are hour longs. Oops. I did not anticipate that when I was like, well, we're watching all this today. Um, So Mm -hmm. I always enjoy a sugar rush. And so. Very much enjoyed Sugar Rush Christmas. Um, our next episode is The Amazing Race. Getting down to the nitty gritty. So we are up to top four. And uh, I mean, I know you don't like the alliances and stuff, but we can agree Gary and D'Angelo gotta go, right? Yes.
1: No, they have to go. Um, yeah, no, they they need to go. Um, but I it's just, I don't like the alliance because it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. The U-turn thing was bullshit. Like... That's just, it's a producer level of bad gameplay, like, design. Like, you should not be able to U-turn a team that has already gone past the U-turn stand. Like, it's well, not...
0: yes, but I think you also shouldn't know if someone... Like, in this case, because they were there with them, they know that they, you know? So, like, if you know that they have already gone past because, for example, they u turn somebody, I agree yeah. you shouldn't be able to U-turn them. Yeah. But... They also, it shouldn't be like when somebody goes past their thing gets taken out, because if you accidentally U-turn someone that has gone past, I think you should be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like, so like you burn, you think someone's behind you, so you U-turn them, but it turns oh, out they weren't sure. behind you. Yeah. And okay. so then you don't have the buffer you thought you had, you know what I mean? And I think that's fine at
1: the early part of the game. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think it makes sense at this late stage of the game. Um... But yeah, that really, really, really frustrated me. I was very annoyed by that um, from like a design perspective, but also from just a general gameplay perspective of this, this very much like the sauerkraut thing with the wall borders on cheating, which has been one of my kind of problems with this season overall, is that everything's just on the edge of being legal within the rules, but is also like, this is Bad television. <laughs> well, so, and yeah.
0: credit to Ishwar and Aparna that they came back pretty pretty well. All things considered, oh,
1: they did. And I was really and I was very excited by the mosaic tile challenge just in general um, because when they walked through it, I just went, "Oh, this is either going to take them no time at all, or it's just going to kill all of them." And lo and behold, it killed all of them because they were in too much of a rush. Um, <clears throat> which has actually been sort of my issue with this season in general. Um, I realized, and I was talking with a friend of the show, Corey Barker, about the show because he was catching up on it. And there just hasn't been much of a sense of, hey, we're traveling. It's cool, right? Um, this season, because everyone's been like, we're going to win this thing. Um, the competitive spirit, I think, has been cranked up and the fact of, yeah, let's have a good time. Like, yeah, the race is important, but... Let's have a good time while we're doing this, too, type of deal. Um, And it's just been very gameplay-centered this season. So it's been kind of a letdown. But I was very excited by the Mosaic Challenge because I was really hoping it was going to equalize things. And it did for the most part. But then (sighs) D'Angelo just had to go back and actually pay attention. I was just like, son of a
0: bitch. I mean, like, how do you make something 12? I mean, granted, yes, I'm not there. It's easy to say this watching from my couch. Of course. But how do you make something the same way 12 times before you go, maybe I should see if I'm missing something and have the exact same problem to the exact same extent 12 times? Like, I get it like three times. Like, like, maybe I made it wrong. Like, that's a good assumption. Like, that makes sense. But like, Which is why the other teams made it wrong three times and then Mm -hmm. went and checked and passed on their fourth try, you know, most of them. But like... Oh man, that I, I got to commend Gary on, uh, cause he was super frustrated because of course, of course you, how could you not be? Um, and so the fact that he was able to like compartmentalize that as well as he did, yeah. um, which is to like bitch about it a bit with the other people who can't impact anything. And then to feel like, you know what, I'm going to take a nap because this is not me being stressed out. is not going to help anything. I can't do anything. I can take a nap. I'm tired. I'm gonna go do that. Um, Respect, because that was the best thing he could have done in that situation. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, However, I did appreciate Sister from Brother and Sister just coming in and being like, I'm going to do some smack talk because the rules say I can't talk to my partner. They don't say anything about me talking to you. Yeah, the other
0: team. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, and like, I have no patience for the. Oh, it's just a game. You can't handle the games. Like, oh, that's easy for you to say when you are not the person getting screwed over. Mm It's very easy.
1: And it's also easy for you to say as the team that has severely benefited from an yes. alliance that wants you gone.
0: Yeah. Um
1: <clears throat> So um, any thoughts about how we're heading into the last leg? Uh, the pr- trailer for it um, makes it look like it's going to be a pain in
0: the neck. <laughs> yeah, we will see. Um, I'm very curious to see what will happen when it's just a straight up no U turns, no detour, no uh, um, uh, yields. Yields, yeah. There are no
1: more yields anyway. I think.
0: Yeah, so. that's what I mean. Like that. So, like they've structured it so that this next leg, the se- semifinal or whatever, is like just going to be based on how the teams do on their own. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I am too. Um, and I'll be also curious, because one of the things Corey and I were also discussing is that there's been a surprising lack of physical-based challenges, and yeah. he and I were both really wondering if that was by design, because the producers were really worried about um, the footballers just steamrolling through those, um, which, again, ironically, they up the watermelon thing which was both a mental and a physical challenge um but there's just been a complete lack of those this year Um, no one's had to roll giant bales of hay is Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and that seems like a problem
0: (laughs) yeah no there definitely has been fewer of those um physical challenges and i i've noted that as well i'm okay with that there were plenty of there there were quite a few athletic teams because there was like the olympians and there right. was like there, there were a number of them um this season but i it does feel like it's it's such a distinct shift from what i'm used to on the show that it does feel like that has got to be a, a conscious effort from the producers and the judges or the uh the people who structure everything and make the challenges um So it'll be interesting to see if that holds for the next episode. There's also been fewer heights things. There's just been that one heights thing. Usually there's more. Yeah. So we'll see. There hasn't been a swimming one yet, has there?
1: Yeah, there was a little bit of swimming at the beginning, but not a With the fish
0: and the combination. Yeah,
1: with the fish. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. But, like, the other thing that Cora and I were talking about is that there has been significantly less hanging out this season. Yes. Um, There haven't been a lot of, like racing to get a plane, there haven't been a lot of... There's been no trains, which has been just sad, because that's when you get really good hangout content is on trains. Um, And for the most part, everyone's been generally pretty competent as drivers. Um, A few exceptions aside. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a little worried about Hung and Chi, I'll I'll be honest. I am too. I feel like they might, you know, they might be the next to go. But fingers crossed that, you know... The alliance holds, and we get we get rid of Gary and D'Angelo. No offense, guys. I'm sure you're lovely in real in real life, but you know we don't we don't like you as the the fictional edited versions of yourself right. on the on the show. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, let's go to our next episode, which is Ducktales: How Santa Stole Christmas. Um, this was okay. I didn't love it, yes. and I I kind of wanted. I mean, not a, I definitely wanted a lot more. But it was like, okay, I see what they're doing. This is cute. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, it was very much a yes episode with no and to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just could not get past the fact that they never really seemed to escalate the general concept of Scrooge being friends slash business partner partners with Santa Claus before he's Santa Claus. Um, It just never gelled in a way that I thought made any sense like for me the only thing that worked as a runner was webby refusing Mm. to buy into this whole santa claus act of like no you're terrible
0: i don't even want this crossbow
1: right exactly this very cool crossbow that i have always wanted i don't want it because it's been tainted Cause it's from Santa Claus, <laughs> um, but Kate, Kate McCucci's vocal performance in that is just really, really good. Um, but yeah, the episode just didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, I liked the design of like the snowman, snowman monster was really cool. Um, but the to get the fleece Navi Diamond, mm-hmm. uh, which was a good explanation for how Santa is able to do things. Like I liked that concept. But the, just the actual narrative arc of the episode never really went anywhere interesting for me. Um, especially, again, given how old Scrooge is, I feel like there should have been something more interesting for them to say about it. And there just wasn't.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, two one for one. Uh, yeah. But I did like the ending and I did like Dell having like oh, being Santa is way more fun than trying to kill him or whatever it was, trying to <laughs> attack him, trying to trap him. Um, that, uh-huh. was, that was pretty fun. Um, our last episode is The Mandalorian, Chapter 13, The Jedi. And uh, my main takeaway from this episode is how excited I am for people to now hopefully go seek out more Sokotano content because she is fucking awesome. I think they nailed it. I really liked this episode. Yeah. What did you think?
1: Um, so in relation to what you just said, Clone Wars has like skyrocketed apparently in viewership <laughs> as a, in no small part because of the Mandalorian. But I think in no small part because of this episode, um, since a number of people are just like, who the hell is this? Um, how do we learn more about her? Um, friend, friend at the show, Ryan McGee, was tweeting about watching season one of Clone Wars, and I just went, Oh, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That I will give you a list if you want. Like I, and I even said, like I did with Kate a couple of years ago, I will give you a list of episodes to watch. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I'm mostly just doing it for like Mandalorian background. And I was just like, oh, that's even easier. <laughs> there are only so many Mandalorian episode related episodes you need to watch.
0: Um,
1: so I liked this episode. I had like major hangups about how they presented Ahsoka. Um, mainly because look, I know this is a little nitpicky fanboy thing, but it's also like, and this is. her her leg could need to be much longer.
0: Oh yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, like they're
1: significantly longer in by the end of clone wars and they're way longer by the timeline that they should roughly be in now at the end of star Wars rebels. And here they're roughly where they are at the beginning of clone wars. And I get it from a practicality standpoint from needing to do stunts and action work. It was going to be difficult to make that work. Your your Disney make it work, and also don't make them look cheap because they looked kind of mm. broken a little bit. They didn't look. I think they wanted to go for scarred, but they didn't look right. Um, so that really really bugged me and kept distracting me. Mm. <laughs> um, but the episode as a whole, I think, is pretty solid. Um, the uh, so, uh, my issues with Ahsoka's cosmetics aside, um. I think Rosario Dawson's pretty solid in this episode as well. Um, and she does a decent job of capturing Ahsoka at this point, based on Star Wars Rebels' as reference point. Um, but I really like the dynamic with her and the Mandalorian. Um, with, um, Drin? Driz? I'm...
0: Din. Din. Yeah, Din yeah. Jarden.
1: Yes, thank you. I really want to start using his name. Um... And I really like the dynamic that they established between them and the ways in which that uh, Grogu. Uh, <gasps>
0: I love it. I know he's still Baby Yoda, and I get that. And he's definitely still Baby Yoda. But also, Grogu is a good name.
1: It's a very good name, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, I'm excited to also stop calling him the child. Um, his little
0: baby puppy face when Din called him by his name, and he's like, yes. Papa, you know my name? Papa? <laughs>
1: um so that i think the 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 dynamic that they established between the three of them i think works really really well um and what i liked more than anything however aside from also the michael bean cameo Mm -hmm. as the gunslinger because i did not recognize him but it was bugging me because i recognized his face but i couldn't place him because his hair was wrong Um, but then I just went, Oh, that's the guy from Terminator and aliens. (laughs) Um, yes, he should be in this episode. That is the correct call. Um, was, I really like that Ahsoka just went, no, I can't train him because I've seen what will happen if we train some, if we do this. So I'm not going to do it. And the, the weight and those scars and that emotional heaviness that is a part of Ahsoka, um, that gets explored a good bit in Star Wars Rebels, but we get hints at at the end of the most the final season of Clone Wars. Um, I just really like that that is a through line for that. Um, so that, from an emotional story, I really liked. Um, yeah, how did you feel about that line? And um, also, how did you feel about this just being yet another... I don't know how to help you, but if you go to this planet, they can help you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's just what the show is, and I'm very yeah. comfortable with that. Um, so that that's fine. Uh, I thought that the reasons for her, like, I, they, the reasons for her unwillingness to train him, um, as someone who knows that backstory, I thought they nailed it. I thought they, that made complete sense for, like, why isn't it a completely different show now? Yeah. Um, because yep. of this. Because of Anakin. Um, and uh, I Get thought... Anakin, the- man. Right? Gotta ruin it-
1: everything. Ruin everything.
0: Um, <laughs> that was... Uh, yes, yeah, so that was really well, I think, w- handled enough for people who don't know yep. the backstory to be intrigued. Um, and enough weight in the performance for that to be believable. And for the people uh, who do know what's going on, subtle enough to feel in keeping with the character. Um, So, yeah, I thought they handled that that well. I just like the opening is just great. It's so good. Yeah, the opening is excellent. It's really, really good. I'm like, and so when I saw that, oh, this is how they're going to introduce people who don't know this character to Ahsoka, that is really, really cool. Well done, show. Good job. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And she's visually distinct for anyone who's not familiar with Ahsoka, in part because of, like, the alien species, the Tortuga that she is, which has only been appeared a little bit in... um, the clone war- in the prequel series, uh, with a couple of non speaking characters, but she's got dual wielding white bladed lightsabers, yeah. which you don't get to see. It's um, cool. and it's super cool in the fog and everything as well. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: well, and you know, I just felt like I was watching a um, you know, as some you know, as someone who has a who watched this, like, before a D&D session, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, this is just some of the various feats that different members of the party have, you know? <laughs> Where it was, like, they appear, and then they, like, tw- like use their feet to, like, sidestep and disappear into nothingness. Kind of, like, they they the level of the fog and the light of the lightsabers made that all work in a way that I could totally buy. Um, I thought they handled that that all very well. Um, I am super excited about Thrawn. I don't know anything about Thrawn other than the main, like he's a bad guy. He's blue. He has red eyes. Um, When I was a freshman in college, uh, the, the, the sci-fi club that I was in, we did uh, Halloween parties every year and, the my, the freshman my freshman year someone came as Thrawn and of oh first, cool keep in mind when this was this <laughs> is two thousand in the like two thousand and three in the in the fall so so like this is before this you know any. This is based on the books, so he yes. he he blued himself and he had the whites, you know, like so and everything, and got the contacts and everything. So um, so I've been is yeah. He won the costume contest, of course. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah. It was actually a tie because someone else had made themselves a Frodo costume by hand. That Ooh, was immaculate. Nice. Yeah, yeah, no, our D and D club took that shit seriously. <laughs> no, that, it was not. It was not the D D and D club. Sorry, that was an offshoot. It was the sci fi club, but. Point being, um, they tied for the costume contest. And so I, like, I'm like—I very familiar with Thrawn just from that. So when they name mm-hmm. dropped that, even though I haven't read any of the extended canon, um, I was just like, oh, this is exciting. People who know that stuff are losing their minds right now. And who knows if we'll ever see that. But I love that this is what Ahsoka is doing now.
1: Right. And Thrawn actually figures really prominently into the final season of Star Wars Rebels. Oh, okay um so he's he's he became a canon immigrant from the expanded universe which doesn't exist anymore the books that you were referencing um but they they've integrated him into the proper star wars canon now um so there are reasons why she's looking for throng mm-hmm. is yeah. what i will say
0: well and they i a little googling told me that they involve uh the next person that uh fans of the Mandalorian are anticipating may show up if after Grogu goes to the, uh, whatever it is, mystical thingy and the temple thing. Yeah. Makes his decision. And there's only so many Jedi who can hear him. And people are arguing over which of the two, uh, potential people it could be. And if one of them is really dead or not. And if the other one, you know, all that good fun stuff. So I think that they are doing a good job on the Mandalorian this season of balancing. like, fan (laughs) bait (laughs) and Mm -hmm. actual substance. And, uh, yeah, I, I like, I really enjoyed this more than you did. I wasn't distracted by the design, which helped definitely. Um, but yeah, just, it's just so, it's just so cool to see a character that, um, too many, too large of a subset, even though it is definitely, in my opinion, a minority of the fan star Wars fan community, uh, has not, appreciated, get a, just a fucking badass introduction, a worthy introduction. Um, So I'm excited for people who, you know, if there was going to be a Comic-Con next year, we'll see if there's a Comic-Con next year. There shouldn't be. Let's we'll see if there is one. Um, I'm sure that there will now be even more people cosplaying as Ahsoka, and that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great thing because she's one of the best characters to come out of the franchise in years. Yeah. Yeah. Um. even if she started off kind of rocky, but Clone Wars in general started off really kind of rocky and then got significantly better as it went along, as did Ahsoka. Um. So, but this is what happens, like, I was saying this last year when I was just like, the Clone Wars television series is going to be the thing that drives the Star Wars franchise forward from here on out, and The Mandalorian is making that aggressively clear Um. this season.
0: Yeah, well, what wins your weekend TV?
1: The flight attendant. No, there's not really anything else for me to say. It's just the flight attendant was so good. Um, yeah. So that what that won my weekend TV was the flight attendant. What about you?
0: I, I'll I'll give it over to the Mandalorian to split the vote. I also okay. really enjoyed the the flight attendant, but uh, yeah. I didn't have particular. I didn't expect the Mandalorian to hit me the way that it did. I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to watch it or anything. I was just was like, oh yeah, people are talking about it. I should probably. You know, sit, seek it out. I think the mm-hmm. fact that I don't have to do any sort of analysis of it at all beyond our chats mm-hmm. really helps. So I can just, like, kind of let it wash over me. And I, like, I usually watch it after I'm done with my Bake Off write-ups. So I'm just, like, yeah. chilling, mm-hmm. you know, starting my weekend. And I just have had a lot of fun with it this season. So um, also related Mandalorian content, listeners, ch- check out Binging with Babish for John Favreau uh, guesting on the How to Make the baby yoga slash Grogu grow snacks like the blue raspberry macaron and here's then the the actual way to make it and here's a much more user friendly way to make them. Um, so. Just don't
1: buy them from William Sonoma for $50. Everyone. Don't buy
0: them from William Sonoma for $50. Uh, now we'll take a break, listen to a trailer and come back to talk about Great Pretender Season 2.
1: When you're a con artist the end of the road is bound to look just like I did back there. I'm not going to die like that. I'm going to go back to Japan. I'm going to work and live an honest life. You've got the director's approval. You're now officially an employee. I never wanted to see his face again. And there he was. That man is not my father anymore.
0: He's dead to me! I don't think so. You are way too upset for that to be true. What he wants is for you to save him.
1: Wait, you now, At Amame, I wanted you to have a glorious last hurrah in Tokyo. To put it very simply, we're inches away from an all-out war with them.
0: Didn't I tell you? Oz of Shanghai
1: Long Yubai, that's the only place I've You think it'll of
0: course. Welcome home, Edamame! How many times are you going to treat me? That's run confidence gains in
1: it! If you trust your instincts, you'll see your path open before you, naturally.
0: that was a trailer for season two of great pretender or more accurately, the second half of the only season of great pretender. Uh, this is wizard of far East, uh, the nine episode arc that centers on uh, Makoto and then Laurent giving us some, some backstory that, uh, we, some we needed and some we didn't know we needed. So you like this. You were very keen on the first, like, four five episodes last week when we I talked about I think four it?
1: episodes, yeah. Yeah,
0: how did the rest of the season pay, or, like, the rest of the arc pay off for you? Uh, do you think they nailed it? Did they, they stick the landing?
1: I think they mostly stuck the landing. Um, it, it was one of those instances of a show that, they kind of kept creeping up on an idea here and that idea was what is free will is free will a con that i was just like explore that unpack that with the rest of us please and then they just kind of like were just like whoa, whoa, whoa. that's that's a little much let's let's scale this back just a smidge everyone um but i still ended up really liking this even if i do feel like that this These final clutch of episodes are a little more serious than the episodes that precede the arcs that preceded it, for a variety of reasons: child trafficking, sex slavery. Um, There's no doubt that these people deserve whatever horrible thing is going to happen to them, Um, but it it provides a weird sense of weight to the proceedings of a lot of weird zaniness that i think that they mostly hit a balance on kind of makoto i think is like the linchpin and depending on how you feel about makoto's perceived arc Mm -hmm. in this will kind of influence your general approach to things um so I think that it's generally pretty good. Um, I could have done without the little stinger at the end of everything. Um, I didn't need that. Um, but if they want to make more of this show, I'm not going to say no. Um, how did you feel about these?
0: Yeah, I agree about the ending. Uh, and, and the exact same thing. Like If they are going to make more, then I get it. And if they are not, I didn't need it at all. Um, and I actually think it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't like it. It doesn't
1: make any sense.
0: Um, so, uh, there's that, but, uh, yeah, I started out much higher on the last season than I ended up and it's because... And I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that they, they go really hard and strong on child trafficking, sex slavery, like these auctions that are just absolutely disgusting. And then they conveniently forget about the children being abused so that we can have zany fun. So we get, like, we distance ourselves from that so that we can just, like, have have fun with these characters. And you don't get to do that. You can't unring that bell. And um, you say, like, you know, these people deserve everything that's about to happen to them. They deserve way worse than what happens yes. to them. And there's just, like, a thrown-in line at the end of, like, I'm going to find all those kids' foster homes now. It's like, are you kidding? So, like, you're telling me that I'm supposed to think that Oz is, like has been quietly working for child traffickers for decades so that they can build this plan to get revenge for Dorothy. Uh, And, and that is more important than stopping the, the sex trafficking of children for decades, at least for decades. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is an indefensible position for your Mm -hmm. show. Yeah, that doesn't work. You can't do that. You can't do that and have me give two shits about your characters. So then, when Makoto is like going into his tirade, but oh, you do all this for Dorothy, but what about us? And you clearly, don't care. Like I kept waiting for him to fold in. And what about yes. all the children that have been hurt in this time when you were setting up your great con? It's so more, so much more important to you to win and to. To, to have you know great a great con moment than to actually help people but they don't do that because that is not what they're interested in they don't want you thinking about that and if they right. had actually committed to that part of it if they had actually like like what are these you know I like the the difficulty of you know the the children who are being trafficked saying where are we supposed to go yes like cuz if you if you give us somewhere we can go then awesome we'll go yeah, we'll go, but we don't have anywhere to go. We don't speak the language. We don't like, you know, all these different things. We're in a completely different country from where, you know, we don't have our passwords. We don't have any papers. You know, you need to think this through. That I thought was a really great moment. And then, <laughs> then they instead just go like, no, nah, just tell him you're going to shoot him and you know get him onto a bus and then you know we're gonna have the twist with Oz and then we're not gonna see any of those children again for the rest of the time and I that's where they that's where they lost when I realized that they weren't looping it back to that in an episode or two, I was like yeah. ah okay no, you don't actually care about this you just want like the drama that comes with it yeah without considering and paying off, you know, like you're just using this because it's convenient and you know, it'll get a reaction out of your audience. Yeah. And yeah really it's a real,
1: me. it's a real stakes escalation type thing. Of mm-hmm. We did a drug dealer. We did a corrupt art critic and we did a guy who was rigging air races. Like there are ways to escalate that from there, but you kind of peaked with the drug dealer mafioso Um, in terms of what you could reasonably do within this kind of a narrative without hitting these sort of ethical issues. Um, since there's a a two month time skip, um, between sort of like the, the middle of this arc and the end section of this arc, um,
0: because like, and, and early yeah. on, right, you're like, they're like, well, it's going to be two months until the next auction. So you're like, oh, OK, so they're going to have two months to set this up because they need to stop this before the next auction. And then that isn't what they do.
1: Right. Um, and there's I feel like that there's a degree of maybe it was a down period, like, but it doesn't it's difficult to read it that way is the problem. Um, and. Because the focus gets really poured onto Laurent and Dorothy, and then onto Makoto and Oz, um, it's just like, uh, uh, like it's a weird pivot that the show can't fix or land, and it feels very akin to what they do with Abigail um, in the second arc, in um, what call it, in
0: with the the flying with the the, the air racing
1: and yeah. her being. Potentially Iraqi, unclear. Mm -hmm. Um, But not being able to really suss out child warrior, child soldier trauma and all this. And Abigail fading real hard into the background in this final section of the show does not help that any. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was just, the show ended up biting off more than it could chew with Abigail but it was a small enough portion that you kind of just moved past a little bit. This was too much of a bite and it just stayed lodged there giving you heartburn.
0: Yeah. This, I mean, like I was considering this for my best of the year list. Yeah. As I started watching the season, I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely. Really, they're like nailing this. This is really compelling. This like they're bringing some things full circle. Like there's some really interesting stuff going on here. Um, and then I was like, then I kept watching. I was like, oh, but it's, uh, uh yeah. no, I don't have to worry about that. Okay, this is not quite on my list this year.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't on mine. It's not on mine either. Um, listeners, I finished making mine yesterday. Um, Someone's Kay- an
0: overachiever.
1: <laughs> well, you've made most of yours already. That's well, because
0: <laughs> I had to. I had a deadline.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, listeners, we'll get into this in a couple of weeks. Mine is ranked air quotes. quotes. Um, We'll talk about it. Um, Because I was like, I don't want to rank these. And then I sort of did, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, that's for a couple of weeks discussion. Um, I think that so putting that aside, even though it's really difficult to put aside, um, what did you think about the whole retroactive stuff with Makoto's dad and Oz in general as kind of the mastermind of everything? But also a puppet master this gets back into my the free will discussion i mentioned of ha, does makoto have free will
0: <laughs> yeah um i i i liked it more at the beginning than i did at the end for the same reasons um yeah. where i was like oh okay that's interesting i can see what now i see why they went so hard with the stuff with his dad at the beginning of the of everything yes. okay fair enough um and so so it, at first, my my initial reaction in the first stretch of episodes was, "Oh, okay, this is cool. i see what they're. This is interesting. What they're doing here and how they're exploring it." And then by the end, I was like, "I think it's actually more interesting if if it's unrelated and this is something that informs uh, Makoto, but is not something that is like all part of the plan the whole time." Yeah, uh, it, it felt too easy. Yeah, you know. To, as like to just say like no, your dad isn't a scumbag. Your dad didn't hurt a lot of people. Your dad's actually secretly I mean, a hero. Your dad
1: is a scumbag, but not for the reasons you think he is. Yeah. But also for the reasons you think he is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so like it was. Um. At first, it made things more interesting, and then it made things less interesting. And so that's yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we're on the same page of like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's that is less cool. That is significantly less cool um yeah so listeners um i'm just going to explain it of like he pretended he pretended to be the lawyer of sex traffickers so he could go into prison and then become the interpreter for another branch of sex traffickers so that they could take them down from the inside
0: decades later yes
1: (laughs) decade later um but because
0: how old is makoto when the dad is arrested i mean he's like a kid right
1: yeah, he's like a kid. No, no, he's in high school when he he's definitely either in late junior high or in high school. Okay, based so then a, like, then
0: a, a decade, yes.
1: Yeah, based on his uniform in that flashback where he comes home, he's definitely at least in uh, late late middle school for us, or like early high school. Okay, um, because just because of the uniform, um, is very much a high school uniform. Um, so he it's at least ten years, um if not like a little less eight, I think eight is the very lowest we can say, um, but that's still just so long um in terms of steering your son into becoming a con artist and then having Laurent train him for a year or so, plus also getting him to do three months in prison yeah
0: <laughs> well and and like. And building all these anxieties. Which was anxieties. part of the
1: con as well, because yeah. being in prison gets him into this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and he just, he, hate, he hates that he's doing this. Like, he's very conflicted about it. So yeah. putting him in a position to, to, you know, like, so he becomes a con man. And then Laurent steers him out of that, you know, into this other thing, which is a different version of the same thing. But he's plagued by guilt and anxiety around it. Um, And so you are intentionally steering your... (sighs) It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah.
1: It's all really thorny, but not in interesting ways. It's just thorny in ways that you go, this isn't the show you sold me on Mm -hmm. type of deal. Um, There are elements still of the show you sold me on in here from the very elaborate end con of we really constructed this facade of a building real fast and just installed a really big elevator in it. And now they're stranded on a desert island, which... Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't believe that you did this very quickly, but I love it. I love it. It's so weird and stupid. Yep. But I like it. Um, Or the fact that all three of their former marks are now best friends, which is great. That I love, but yeah. that
0: they're willing to help. That they have hey. no problem with having been conned, which is very dumb.
1: Yeah, no. Um, Because you know Sam holds a grudge forever. Like, yes. there's no way that man does not hold grudges. Um, James also probably holds grudges forever. The 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 mafioso not holding a grudge, I can sort of buy.
0: Yeah, I can go but, with that if you pay him enough. Yeah,
1: yeah, but those two, absolutely not. They should want to destroy these people. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, but I I do like that they're just
0: apparently best friends. <laughs> it's so weird. It's very weird. Um, there was some stuff that I thought was pretty fun. I like some of the performances. Um. The I liked the what they it seems like they're doing a discussion on um, how easy it is to get lured into the profits of evil and the, um, you know, when you aren't seeing the children every day yeah. and you're just making coffee for the boss, it's easier to not feel the urgency of we need to stop this. Right. And uh, right. they seem like they're they, they want you to think they're going to explore that so that you can hopefully get can like get tricked by one of the twists of the con which nobody i don't think anybody would have fallen for um so i like some of the ideas that they're playing with except that you know and and i did enjoy this i had fun with this i'm glad i watched it uh it was it was a lovely delightful you know like nine episodes nine half hours nine. i mean like more like 22 25 minutes um episodes to to watch and the the music is jazzy and fun and the visuals are great and all that good fun stuff. But it's just like, I kept, it kept teasing what it could be if it was more curious and more interested. And then it doesn't want to be that. And I, and I feel like for these kinds of movies, either you don't want to be that and your ocean's 11 and you don't do that really, really well. And you're just an all time, great, delightful, fun, terrific, watchable movie. Or you want to investigate and really, you know, deal with and engage with these topics and you do that instead. Um, So this kind of fell in between those two places for me.
1: And I think that I think that's exactly correct. And I'm in the same space you are, um, because that that desire to do sex trafficking, I think, just ratchets up your stakes too much for all of this. If there had been any other sort of crime, I think you might have been able to get away with it. Um, but this was too emotionally driven and children in peril is never good. Um, but if you scale that back in some way without being, scale that back in a way of like a fewer specifics, basically, because you can say we're taking down the Yakuza, but not get into what the Yakuza do, even though the Yakuza do this. Um, If you're not specific, that specific about it, you can get by. But when you get into this very specific thing, you fall into a weird, weird no man's land of the topic matter doesn't gel with your tone.
0: Yeah. Even as you
1: keep insisting your tone is there.
0: Or you just, you know, establish that you're bringing in recurring background player faces to buy up the children. So that we yes, know exactly the children are being, per, you know, being bought at these auctions and that's to to inflate the price so that Makoto will rise through the ranks and then being sent, you know, to s- safety and a, a secure home that will not which we you know, get
1: a degree of, but too late,
0: too late. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, so, so yeah,
0: yeah, it was just it's still
1: fun and engaging as a show, but. It's just kind of we're talking really in circles and I don't want us to belabor this anymore. It was just very frustrating to like come off that first half and then be like, oh, yeah, let's do this, this and this. And then the second half and then the second half of the second half are just like, oh, this is less good, even if I appreciate sort of the weird mechanics of all of it from a con heist genre perspective. But this one detail just sticks in your craw.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Well, a few shots here at the end of the episode, you can find a post for this episode over at the televerse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV. You can like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. You can email us at televerse at gmail.com. You can find our M4A chaptered feed and our MP3 unchaptered feed up in Apple podcasts. We're also over on Stitcher. We'd appreciate ratings and reviews either place. You can find my last bake off write up of the year, I believe, um, over at the AV club. Are you not
1: doing any of the specials?
0: They don't. The specials don't go on to Netflix until next year. So I do the. Oh, I'm covering okay. it via Netflix. The AB Club covers okay. the stuff that when it goes up on Netflix. So next year, gotcha. maybe. Okay, depending on what Netflix does. Um, and we are both on Twitter. I am at the Televerse, and Noel, you are
1: at Noel R K. Thank
0: you so much for a great discussion this week, Kate. Thanks, Noel, and thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Televerse.